Places and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. 400 metres left to go in the Battle of the Bush. Trommel Schlag and turn in first. Balente back to the inside. Then came Fully Max, rather salubrious out in the centre. Then came Arwanichi starting to wind up with Tango Rain. Middle of this is in the centre. Down towards the distance marker. Balente the leader. From on the outside, Fully Max. Rather salubrious coming at the pair. Then Arwanichi. Balente's the leader. Rather salubrious is coming quickly on the outside. Rather salubrious moved up. Hit the lead. It's going too far to Battle of the Bush. Rather salubrious beat Balente. Love listening back to the big crowd that was trackside June last year in the 2021 edition of the Tab Battle of the Bush final when rather salubrious for Wendy Peel and David Reynolds defeated Belente Awanichi and S. Dale Girl. We're getting set for the 2022 version on, sat on uh, Saturday at uh, Eagle Farm on uh, Tattersall's Day as we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week here on Radio Tab rounding up all of the country news and a big focus this morning on the Tab Battle of the Bush final. Also a look back at what happened on the weekend with our race programs going around at Atherton, Bowen, Cunnamulla, Gympie and McKinlay. The Outback Racing Showcase final was the McKinlay Cup on Saturday and as you'll hear a little bit later in the show, it was a big, big win to Echo Point for Brooke Richardson and Todd Austin. Lots of news to get through on the show today, including the announcement of who our guest caller is going to be for the 2022 Tab Battle of the Bush final on Saturday at Eagle Farm. Helping us out with the news as always is Rob Luck. Good morning, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Tony. And listening to that great replay of a rather salubrious dating in the Battle of the Bush last year, Tony, you just realise just the impact of that country crowd coming down on the big day and the cheering that uh, that went on in the stand. I don't always hear that in the city races like you hear in the country races. <laughs> you do on big days when there's a big, big crowd there uh, and, uh, yeah, some of the, uh, the uh, big group one events. But you've got to remember, this is not a, a group race. It was, uh, yeah, a big crowd that were there for the, uh, the Tats Day last year, as there has been all the way through the Battle of the Bush races over the uh, the last couple of years or so. And uh, I think that was one of the loudest ones, listening back to rather salubrious winning there in June of 2021. And, of course, then going on in December last year to take out the, uh, the Country Cups Challenge as well. Yeah, a unique piece of history set by that particular mare, rather salubrious and a horse that was in really good form. And later on, we'll be studying the the form lines of the, this year's contenders, where again, the field is stacked up with some extremely good chances uh, in the race. But Tony, it's always it's always a feature of the Battle of the Bush is the, is the calling of the, uh, the race. And you've got some very exciting news this morning regarding the caller for this year. Always a thrill when I get the opportunity to be able to uh, ring the callers and say, how would you like to come to Brisbane and call a race at headquarters coming up on uh, Saturday or whenever it's going to come around? And that was the uh, the pleasure I had this time around. He's no stranger to us on Bush Beats and uh, you've heard his voice plenty of times, especially this year, calling some of those Battle of the Bush qualifiers. Brett Moody is joining us. Well, it was about to join us, but the line has dropped, just dropped out, would you believe? We'll grab him straight back. But, yes, Brett is going to be our guest caller coming up uh, this coming Saturday. And, uh, of course, recalled the inaugural battle of the Bush final. And, uh, yeah, it's not a case of, well, we've run out of choices. It was a case of looking back at who's called the different legs that we've had around the place this uh, over the, uh, the, the current uh, 
uh, track that we've had through these 16 heats or so, and uh, we thought, well, no one more deserving is with us this morning on Bushby. Good morning, Brett. Uh, congratulations again on being our Battle of the Bush guest caller coming up on Saturday. I thought we had him there. The interesting thing that while we wait for Brett, Tony, is the Battle of the Bush is just cementing itself in the racing program and the fact that we've had Brett, uh, Brett do the inaugural one and now back again. How long ago was the inaugural one? How many Battle of the Bushes we had? Three or four? Yeah, I always have to try Fourth and one coming that. up? Yeah, I think so. I think we've got Brett now. We'll try again on this line. There, good Brett? morning to you, Brett. Yes, good morning, uh, Tony. Good morning, Rob. Gremlins out of the system. We've got you now. When was the inaugural Battle of the Bush that you called? Did we work it out? Was it 2018 or 19? 2018, yeah, June 2018. Of course, it was um, <clears throat> the only one that was held at uh, Doombin. So, but, uh, yeah, it seems like yesterday. Con congratulations, Brett. I was just saying to Tony, um, you know, this is great for the Battle of the Bush that we get this history occurring that the inaugural caller is back calling again this year. I think that just helps cement its place in the program. But I've got, I'm going to put you on the spot here, mate, because I know from the inaugural one, and I know you're renowned for some of the lines you use, but I, I just always remember when I heard that uh, like a bird on a biscuit tin outside looking in for the horses <laughs> always running w wide in the race. Have you got one this year that you haven't used before? Uh, no, I don't think so, uh, Rob. Uh, I think we've uh, thrown our full array over the years. Uh, but, yeah, maybe there's one there that uh, will just uh, slip into the call that uh, maybe uh, haven't used too often. I it's a unique thing for your calling, and I know people can't copy it, which is great in my mind that that's, that's the case. So we'll look forward to that. Uh, it's a really exciting time, I'm sure. As you, I know you've done it before, but I'm sure the excitement level is just as strong this year. Yeah, and of course, uh, yeah, so, something like that is, uh, as most callers will say, you, you try to uh, maybe think that you might be able to throw something in, but... Uh, you know, it's racing and, uh, yeah, it's often uh, fraught with a bit of danger if you try to pre-plan anything. But I'm certainly looking forward to being at Eagle Farm. Uh, there's no doubt it's headquarters and having 16 runners over the 1,200 metres at Eagle Farm uh, for a Queensland Queenslander, that has surely got to be the ultimate test. And in your preparation, Brett, just for our listeners, is there anything different apart from, you're at Cunnamulla on the weekend, is there anything different in your preparation for the big day compared to your normal Saturdays? Uh, possibly, uh, Rob, in the fact that, you know, you're somewhere new, uh, different um, dynamics of uh, the tracks, uh, yep. and of course, uh, yeah, getting there is going to be uh, you know, part of the battle of, of itself. Whereas if you, you know, a Charleville or Cunnamulla, you've been there many times and you just set up and you, you're ready to go within, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. But, uh, you know, and it's the same with uh, Toowoomba these days. But, um, you know, certainly at Eagle Farm, not having been there, uh, getting the lay of the land and then you've got to go through, you know, um, you know the, the binoculars strong enough? Uh, how am I going to see them? That sort of stuff that's... Uh, in our ageing years, uh, that's always a, a little cause for concern. So I'm hoping David Fowler or Josh will come to the come to the rescue there. David's got, I think, um, his aren't 10 by 50, so I've got a feeling they're 12 by 75s. They're almost yeah, like military yeah. field glasses. You can just about see the jockey change his mind. Yeah, and I first uh, 
I don't. I think um, Garrett might have ended up with them, but the Wayne Wilson uh, binoculars that he called the Melbourne Cup with, um, you know, they're very expensive uh, binoculars, and he bought them to Charleville um, during EI, and that's my first foray into sky racing, of course. And um, and Wayne was the uh, came out, did the calling, and uh, it was just, you know, I was like a. Uh, you know, I was starstruck there and uh, being alongside him and ultimately calling a race there and with his binoculars, uh, yeah, you literally thought, yeah, how how good is this? You reminded me of the fact that that first one was a doom and you say you've never you've never called it Eagle Farm, Brett? No. No, no Rob. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be a challenge in itself and, uh, yeah, with the 16 of them and it's obviously a bigger track and different dynamics. Uh, and the race will probably be run a little bit uh, differently, although with uh, 16 in the in the field, I think it'll be just, um, you know, get out and go. And it's something that we were talking about over the last couple of years, uh, Brett, when talking to the different trainers that have called the Battle of the Bush or the, uh, the Country Cups Challenge Finals. Uh, it must be a, a big thrill then personally to be able to call on the big stage like that. And I think last year... Or might have been the year before when Scott Power called one. We likened it to State of Origin, stepping up from club level to the biggest stage each year. Yeah, as I said, it's the it's the ultimate challenge, uh, particularly for a Queenslander to call at Eagle Farm, uh, sixteen horses around uh, at uh, twelve hundred metres. Um, you know, that's that's the ultimate, and that's the ultimate test. Um, well. And yeah, you want to you want to um, achieve as best you can. And uh, yeah, for us, uh, that's that's this is certainly going to be it. Well, we know you're going to do a grand uh, job as always. And uh, again, without the barriers being available to us, um, have you got an early favourite in your mind, or one that you, or a couple that you think will really stand out in this final? Yeah, I've, uh, uh, my initial thought was a Moody Bay, uh, Olivia Cairns and Justin Stanley, and that'll be ironic because, of course, they won the inaugural Battle of the Bush that I called with the Mason's chance getting up by that short half head margin. Um, I just thought that he was the the horse that um, you know. Obviously, she's uh, she's done it before and got a great record. Uh, he's got a great strike rate. He's been to Eagle Farm. I think he's uh, top two in uh, both of his uh, Eagle Farm runs. Uh, top four, I should say, in both of his Eagle Farm runs. And he's had a fairly light preparation, so he'll have some freshness in his legs. And he's he's got the ability to. Um, to sit just off the pace or if, if they do go hard to, to, to sit back. So at the moment, I thought that uh, he, he was on top. But uh, if I go through it, uh, you always think with 16 horses, they're going to generate a lot of speed. I'm not sure that there's um, a lot of speed there. So the barrier positions will, in fact, be a little bit vital uh, to try and uh, create speed. If VJ Day, for instance, draws well and he bounces early, um, he might be able to control it because nothing's going to have the speed to, to probably get around him. And um, if the track is uh, fast, then um, he's going to uh, he might be simply too quick for them uh, off uh, uh, off the front. Um, so he's uh, certainly going to be the one to beat. I uh, couldn't get over the performance of Mossini. Uh, I've called him a couple of times. He uh, was a runner-up in the Flinton Cup behind the tenor, who won at uh, Toowoomba on Saturday and then fourth in the race was Brian Each and he came out and won the Dolby Picnic Cup and the Kilcoy Amateur Cup his next two starts and then of course he he went uh, Massini went to Nanango and won by over seven lengths beat home Cappuccino who uh, then turned around and won the uh, Toowoomba Battle of the Bush so that form line lines up 
and then the stablemates uh, Kettleston and Star of O'Reilly. So um, there has been a, a bit of value in the, in the Battle of the Bush in the past, but uh, I think this might be a, a favoured year. I am keeping an eye on the, the emergencies, uh, piracy um, and uh, Zucas. If uh, they were to get a run, uh, they could create a little bit of interest. But uh, for now, it's a Moody Bay over VJ Day. Yeah, great summation. We're going to hear more when I talk to Andrew Watts a little bit later as well, and I've got both of your two uh, rated highly uh, there as well. But um, back to the uh, back to the Saturday that just was. You're out at Cunnamulla, and if you're a stable going into the Battle of the Bush final, which many of them are with um, an even dual representation, but uh, you'd like to think you're in winning form. And Gary Bignall. That's the case at uh, State of Play with his stable because he had a successive race-to-race uh, double with races four and five on the program out there with Pass the Card and Another Plan. Yeah, and particularly Another Plan. Now, this uh, horse was runner-up in the Cup last year. He's usually got a very good record at um, and uh, But he ran in a, uh, a benchmark 60 race, but he did have 65 and a half on the Sunday. But... Um, he got into a little bit of trouble early and then Steve Galvin didn't really knock him about. But he bounced back to his best and, my goodness, he covered them quickly. It was easily his best performance. Uh, he's now won he's won three from ten with four minor placings there at Takanamulla. And, of course, it's virtually Gary's home track. He lives now he's based just down the road. Uh, Steve Galvin got a winning double. He got a winning double on uh, on Sunday as well. So uh, he's uh, certainly back in in uh, form. I think he only had one winner for the season. Been um, out of action for quite some time. So he got four winners in a week there. So congratulations to him. But just going trying to line up with the Battle of the Bush as you mentioned, uh, stable in form. Um, Another plan was a case in point. He went out to Birdsville, didn't really handle it out there. And then with all the wet weather, Gary's had a, a lot of uh, difficulty, as uh, he outlined to you uh, last week, I think, or two weeks ago, when he um, he joined you after Expellable uh, qualified by winning at Kalamala, um in pretty impressive fashion um, that he has battled. And that was the only thing that uh, Expellable, he won that race first up. Um, I originally thought he might go in a bit uh, bit underdone, second up into uh, a battle of the bush. But the way another plan, uh, uh, after he had that run, the way he improved and then passed the card likewise, he only ran third on the Sunday and he was able to come out and win as well. And the blinkers back on and he was back in distance, but he stepped up to open company to win that uh, open sprint over the 1,000 metres in a great four-way go. Expellable, of course, is the... Uh, 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 VJ Days won 10 of his last 12. One of those defeats was, in fact, by Expellable at Cunnamulla. Uh, and the I think he gets a, a little bit of a weight advantage uh, from that meeting on that day. So um, with Jason Collard on... Um, and as you mentioned, the, the stable in form, now he's had that run under his belt. You just don't quite know how much he's going to improve that horse expellable. He, he's probably a little bit of the X factor. Yeah, definitely. Um, agree with that. I've got him. I've got an A to C rating. Or an only went down to B's and I've got expellable sitting on a B plus at the moment in my ratings. But uh, also out of that Cunnamulla meeting, it was good to see Stephen Galvin or the Galvinator as we refer to him in the Central West. Uh, he's back with a vengeance with the, the double. Of course, you mentioned another plan, but he had a good win with James Hatcher's Chance of Rain. 
Yeah, and uh, she's uh, another one that's uh, been a victim of uh, some injuries and also the wet weather. Uh, she was only her third run back after 12 months off. Um, and uh, it was uh, James's 50th career winner. So you know, I do all the stats, obviously, and a lot of them just go into the bin. But every now and again, it uh, certainly makes it worthwhile. So I was able to uh, label that. It was his 20th win at Cunnamulla. Of course, uh, he uh, ran, uh, rose to prominence with Stony Rise back in 2017 when he uh, went all the way to Randwick for the country championship final. And uh, But he, uh, with uh, the COVID, has uh, really wrecked them because... Uh, their property straddles uh, both uh, New South Wales and Queensland, but virtually is closer to uh, Cunnamulla than, than any other uh, area. But his class is being in New South Wales, so he was, uh, they were out of action for a good period of time there. So it's great to see them back with a winner. And as you say, Steve Galvin, we just uh, outlined, uh, he's ridden four winners in a week. So it's good to see Chance of Range. He bounced back um, with that uh, great win. Um, her last one was actually at Armadale back in uh, June 2019, so she's uh, three years almost to the day out of the uh, out of the winner's circle. But she had been top four in three of her six Queensland runs. She's a half uh, sister to Vinaigrette, who's uh, mm-hmm. made a bit of a statement for Raymond Fraser progressing through the classes into open classes as well. So there's a bit of a connection there. Just uh, wrapping up uh, the Cunnamullas, and I'll, I'll let you go on to the Battle of the Bush quickly. Simple Saga, I thought, was uh, worthy of mention for Les Baker and Scott Swedeman. Les Quinella, the uh, maiden, played over the 1,200 metres. This uh, mare is raced by Wendy and Lloyd Hick, was formerly with the Curry Stable. They took it out to Augustella, uh, hoping for a win, but uh, was beaten by another tosser on that occasion, so that form's proved pretty good. It was having, it was, they left it out there with uh, Les, and uh, Dave Power has gone into the ownership as well. Uh, she's a very well-bred mare. Uh, she's actually uh, her dam by Desert King, Fleur de Louise, uh, is a half-sister to the Melbourne Cup winner Jezebel. And, of course, the Hick family have had uh, um, rerun with the Curry Stables, won two races but 11 placings uh, in the uh, Toowoomba area. So it was good to see her get on the, on the board there. She, that will uh, certainly be good for her broodmare page. And she might go on now as the races get uh, get a bit longer and uh, she's able to step up in distance. There was uh, the uh, cutest uh, went off as well in the uh, Class 1 uh, with uh, the Mashani uh, horse, Mashani um, operator for Shane Iverson and Shane McGovern. He won the Class B on the Sunday. That was his first run for the year. And uh, he looked uh, all set to score easily. But as he did on Sunday, he just sort of uh, switched off uh, before the line and uh, only got home by a half length uh, there. That might be a trade of his, but uh, he's now two from two since uh, since moving west, uh, a son of doomsday. So picking up the cutest added stakes there and the cutest minor placing to Russ Muster, Craig Smith, a better than ready gelding um, with John Rudd on board. Uh, first up from a spell. So it was great to see the major portion of the acutus go off. That was their second meeting in a week. So well done to the Cunnamulla District Diggers Race Club. They were able to attract a, a, a good track, a good crowd and uh, some good racing there and particularly with uh, 11 jockeys, uh, certainly you made for some good racing. Yeah, it's uh, good to see the support by the jockeys there, Brett, and we'll be all tuning in on Saturday. Uh, I'll be certainly tuning in from the, uh, the Alpha meeting this year as uh, we look to see this year which uh, zone provides the winner for the Battle of the Bush. And congratulations again 
on the call-up uh, for this year's call of the Battle of the Bush. We wish you well. We know it'll be a great call, and we look forward to it on Saturday. Yeah, thank you, uh, Rob, and uh, thank you to all the organisers of the, the Battle of the Bush again for uh, putting uh, their faith in me, and uh, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, do them proud, or in fact do the race proud. That's that's the main thing. Good on you, Brett. Look forward to catching up Saturday. Thank you. Good morning, all. Brett uh, Moody there, who will be our guest caller coming around for the uh, 2022 Tab Battle of the Bush final, one of the uh, great supporters of country racing right across the state, Rob, and one of the best blokes you'll meet on a country racetrack. Oh, most definitely, uh, Tony. And we were talking about stables in form going into the um, Battle of the Bush. Well, there's no stable in better form in Queensland, I don't think, in country Queensland at the moment, than Todd Austin. And he's got another exciting horse. Is this horse a replacement for Sicilating? A horse called Echo Point that absolutely demolished 600 metres to go in Mayola Millie he's uh, travelling along nicely now past the 500 loud enough's into second Echo Point gets back down to the fence into third cap sets gone the night train breakdance to the outside Fabra and a rebel salutes there also they're right across the track but Richardson blew the whistle on Echo Point and goes through Dukes County's gone breakdance is running the race of its life down the outside but Echo Point wins Bang! 75 to go. This is the best in the bush, ladies and gentlemen. Echo Point wins by six legs to breakdance. It was brilliant. Third, then Rebel salute my Ola Millie. Then we had Dukes County and Fabra. Yes, the Outback Racing Showcase final was the McKinley Cup there on Saturday. Five and a half lengths, the official margin gapping the field. Brooke Richardson and Todd Austin combining there with Echo Point. Robin, the dulcet tones of one Andrew Watts calling the action there in the McKinley Cup, and he's with us this morning. Good morning, Wattsy. Hey, g'day, Tony. G'day, Rob. And, uh, yeah, breathtaking win by Echo Point on Saturday. Um, he's ticked off the Birdsville Cup, take one this year. He's ticked off the Tree of Knowledge Cup and uh, goes on and wins the McKinley Cup. Rob, very, very impressively. You, you've watched this horse all the way through, Watsy. I've only ever seen him once, and that was the uh, the Bar Calden win in the Tree of Knowledge. Um, but this horse was also coming off a decent little break into a final over fifteen hundred, where there was there were no real slouches in the field. And to do that, it just reminded me so much of that previous winner, Sicilating, the ill-fated Sicilating. And this one's four from four from the stable as well. Uh, do you rate them fairly closely, by the way? It's it's always hard to compare, isn't it? I I do like this horse. I think he's a he's a bit bigger, a bit bulkier, and they both have a very similar turn of foot. I'd agree there, um, but very very similar in profile since they've come out west. Um, yeah, I, I called him his first win at the start of December last year, and on that particular day, he did roll away to win by six, and he's just just seemingly. Um, improving. He's really acclimatised, which is a big thing out here in the West, um, not only with the temperature, but, you know, with, with the food and the water and everything. And, uh, look, he, he's an exciting prospect. Um, there's rumours uh, floating around that his next start might be in the Rockhampton Cup. Um, and, uh, look, I think if there's ever a, a representative from out West that's uh, going to give it a shake, I know Belenti did last year. I think this horse is certainly in the same... Um, quality, that's for sure, Lucky. Yeah, and there's, there is a form line you can follow there with Sicilating through Bolenti, who did so well in the Rocky Cup. And, uh, look, Echo Point, if he goes that way, good luck to the connections, including, as we know, Willie Chandler, who I believe 
Gave you a lift uh, up and back, Watsy, and I think it was a pretty uh, joyous occasion all the way home. Oh, it certainly is. And, and um, look, he, anyone who has a horse, is lucky enough to have a horse with so much ability and so much scope, I mean, the, the possibilities are endless where you can take him. You've got the whole Northern Series, whether it be uh, Rockhampton, Townsville, Mackay or Cairns, or you've got the opportunity to win that $15,000 bonus if they decide to go back to Birdsville, or then you've got something at your mercy, uh, like the Country Cups Challenge at the end of the year. I mean, it's hard not to have a smile on your face when you've got those options. Uh, from the Beaten Brigade, I thought Breakdance was excellent, uh, settled down last and came down the outside for Sean Royce and uh, Robbie Farr. And the Rebel Salute, it was, it was a funny type of run um, for Damien Finter and Jason Bavarovich, but uh, I think this horse is, is, a, is one to watch uh, in the northwest in the coming weeks. Uh, I do believe they may attack a race at Townsville as well in the coming weeks, but uh, that was the Outback Racing Showcase final, and uh, we certainly did showcase uh, some of the best gallopers in the west, and uh, certainly, in my opinion, the Echo Point uh, is at the top of the tree, Rob. Yeah, definitely, and uh, deservedly so, given the record he's shown so far. I'll get you to do a quick wrap-up of those uh, results from McKinlay, Andrew, because we want to concentrate a little bit on the Battle of the Bush as well as cover the Longreach meeting this morning. So a quick wrap-up of what else you saw out of McKinlay. Yeah, it was it was a good day, uh, excellent days racing, uh, probably one of the better crowds um, for the past four or five years. And it started with Shoot Big winning race one for Denise Ballard and Jason Hooper. It was a double on the day for Denise, wearing those famous Peachester Lodge colours. Won by a short half head over the appointed time for Kerry Crow and Jason Babarovich, who probably wins wherever it goes next. And laterally uh, ran third for Tanya Pallery and Keith Ballard. A good bets were landed in race two with Do I Have To for Cowboy Herman and Jeff Felix. Uh, first up over the 1500 is a little bit unfashionable out here in the West, but they pulled it off. Beat Sir Eagle and Snippy Strategic. Uh, race three was a very uh, good win to La Force. Second up for Jay Morris, owned by the Saunders family of Mount Isa. It was the first leg of Brooke Richardson's winning double, of course. The second came with Deco Point. Uh, defeated Christmas Creek, which um, was well supported in the ring. 17s into single digits uh, for Denise Ballard and Dan Ballard. And Molly Go Lightly, a much improved run into third. Latin Days was the second leg of Denise's winning double and uh, the second leg, uh, the first leg of Dan Ballard's winning double, uh, Latin Days, uh, started at $1.80 favourite and was certainly impressive, beating Gossiping Girl for Mel Berry and Jason Bavarovich. And Dream Halo, not a bad run in third for Tanya Parry and Emma Bell. And it was the old Marvel winning race six, the worn fencing and yard building open handicap. Wicked Wicky uh, saluted for his 22nd win at 105 starts. And he looks like, he doesn't look like stopping anytime soon. Uh, Tanya Parry, the trainer there in the second leg of Dan Ballard's winning double, uh, beautifully rated in front by Ballard uh, to hold off LeBook, first up for Todd Austin, uh, um, Liam Balderson and Brooke Richardson in second, and Cato, uh, ever consistent, run into third for Jay Morris and Jeff Lee Felix. But it was all about Echo Point at McKinlay on Saturday. Yeah, and pleased to see Wicked Wicky. He's one of my favourites up there in the northwest. Pleased to see him in winning form. But as president of the Longreach Jockey Club, the Sunday meeting, you would have been pretty wrapped, I think, in the way the meeting went off. 55 acceptors, 12 jockeys. We just heard Brett Moody talk about 11 jockeys at Cunnamulla on Saturday. McKinlay had 10. As president of your club here in Longreach, uh, you'd have to be pleased that that Sunday placement with a washed-out meeting two weeks ago uh, really did suit connections and the prize money has gone off uh, over six races. Yeah, it was, it was a fantastic day's racing, Rob. Um, 
and, and look, we had a few tourists there kicking around. Um, yep. We opened the gates for free. Um, the racing was, was really good. And as you said, 13 jockeys, um, trainers came from all over the place. Uh, and look, we've discussed this at length off off air and, and thrown a few ideas around. It's something you probably wouldn't go to the well with all the time, a Sunday meeting, but Longreach, uh, having the benefit of those nine meetings a year, you certainly can sacrifice one for the participants and, and allow this to happen. And, um, you know, going down the track, I have spoken to Cole Truscott uh, in the past couple of days looking at alternatives um, for 2023 to, to utilise this, this Sunday when there is six and seven meetings on the same day. And it certainly helps with the jockey shortage, something jockeys have been crying out for, and they supported us as well with uh, dual riding over the weekend. But I thought out of the meeting, I was pleased to see Burden come back into winning form at his fifth run back for Clinton Ospin and Roddy, Robbie Farr just, just dropped on him in the last 100 to defeat Jarhead, re- getting ready for the Battle of the Bush and Cozzy Can-Can. Of course, Rodney Little and Emma Bell are stable in form again going into the... Uh, the uh, Battle of the Bush final. Helmethead, uh, second up for the stable, took the benchmark 60, and as well as Saka Sunset took the cutest money and, and broke the maiden status for the stable. Um, and earlier on, Royo for Billy Johnson and Tyler Leslight, a strong winner in the Class B over a luckless Pinaroo, which is one to watch. And Todd Austin, stables in form going to the Battle of the Bush. You just heard about Echo Point. Well, Halcyon House now three from three and also one on the dirt uh, with this win over Drayman and Heroism. And uh, of course, uh, a strong win for one of the old-time favourites and the good guys in racing out here that you can tell us about in Amadeo, Andrew. Yeah, well, Amadeo was, was fantastic, I thought. Um, watching the replay again, um, it was got into a beautiful position by John Rudd, um, peeled off off um, the favourites back, sort of turning for home, which was Zebane, and uh, just presented down the middle of the track for a good win. Loves Longreach. Uh, Amadeo hasn't won for quite some time, but has been chipping away nicely. Uh, came a, a nice third last start, I think, at Bar Coulson on the grass. And, yeah, look, um, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but the $31 um, probably probably was a little bit of overs if you were happy to have a little bit of an each-way gamble. But, uh, yeah, Jeffrey Rafter, um, I think he's only got the one horse in work and um, great to see him in the winner's circle. He was so excited on the day and uh, so pleased to get that win. Now, of course, we we pay our attention or look towards the weekend with the Battle of the Bush final. I know we haven't got time to go through every single horse, but we'll get your thoughts here because, Watsi, again, I see this race. Um, if, I, if I went through it seriously on every horse, probably eight of the 16 I, I, I rate on top. But the, the, the final eight, I did an A plus or an A plus plus in some cases down to, well, I was going to use C, but I didn't get down that far type rating. I didn't get below a B, which suggests that the, the bottom eight in my mind, they add a good dimension to the field and, and they particularly might add some speed with horses like uh, Ella Beach and Hit Snooze. I haven't got them in my, my top eight, but I really see some strength up the top um, with some highly rated horses. I've picked out seven. I, we haven't got barriers yet, which will change everything possibly. But I reckon I've got my top seven worked out. Where have you looked in this final? Oh, it's it's one of those races, isn't it? I mean, I, I think the two horses with superior form, uh, certainly Star of O'Reilly, not only what he's done out here in the Central West, uh, what he did... Uh, with Trinity Bannon before coming out west. And, of course, uh, a second placing in the Magic Millions Country Cup. I think that form 
is superior. Um, talking to Rick McMahon at length on Sunday about Star of O'Reilly, he is concerned, though, as you would be with the barriers. I mean, he doesn't want to be stuck out in the car park because it, it's going to force him to use every bit of that 62.5 kilos. But he carries weight. He's a big horse. He's a beautiful, big, strong animal. Uh, he won his heat carrying 67.5, and, and I think he looks the, the hardest to beat. I think a Moody Bay... Um, he comes up by second pick, uh, going back through his form, a third at Eagle Farm, which indicates he's going to like the track behind Smart Meteor to beat 1.3 lengths and a fourth behind on the lead. Uh, and then he's got a run here, fourth behind Sir Warwick, and we saw it place in the Islander. So 1.35 uh, behind Sir Warwick, you'd suggest knowing the fact that he likes Eagle Farm is a big plus. I think Massini uh, is is my third pick for Dale Groves and the kid Nathan. Exactly great to see uh, Nathan getting a ride in town. Massini's a winner. Um, I just think it might be the next level down. Kettleston, um, look, Tommy Berry engagement, Todd Austin, uh, the horse has been down. That's another winner. It's won three or four this preparation. It's going to be the one settling back and running on. Um, I still think he's probably in the next echelon down. And then I've got queries behind, uh, uh, beside Arwanichi, VJ Day. Raiden's been kept fresh for this as well. And Capacino was was a really, really nice win at Toowoomba. And we know, Rob, there's always a benefit in winning one of the later qualifiers as well. We saw, I think, the first two winners come out of the last heat at Park Alden, um, the first two years of the Battle of the Bush. So there's always, I think, a benefit qualifying later. Uh, what's he? I don't know why I bothered to do all the forms for you. You covered every point that I've made there, by the way. And uh, <laughs> guess what? I almost went to Todd Austin Quinella here, but I didn't want the stable um, you know, not talking to me for the rest of the week. <laughs> but uh, I've got Star of O'Reilly on top myself. I just think this form is outstanding going in there. The barrier becomes a key thing. Kettleston, I've got a real watch on, but I moved him down to third. I, I actually put a Moody Bay in for second for the reasons you outlined. Certainly, to me, the other quality runners uh, in that upper echelon are VJ Day, um, Arwanichi, and Massini uh, also coming up. I just thought Massini's had a couple of defeats behind VJ Day. Um, so I've got him in on top. So uh, without the barriers, I went Star of O'Reilly over uh, a Moody Bay, and then I put Kettleston in for third. I've got a real query. I have trouble coming into Kettleston, but mm. I just couldn't rule him out of the top three. And in for fourth, I went VJ Day, followed by um, Arwanichi and uh, Massini. And, uh, yeah, Cappuccino, I'm, I know there was a lot of horses in that heat at Toowoomba, but some of the form lines there I didn't think were quite as strong as what we've seen in the other ones. But, uh, oh, look, th- there'll be some cheering from the rafters at Alpha on the weekend if there is a, uh, a Todd Austin result here because I've never seen his stable firing so well. And uh, as Todd said the other week, it makes it easy um, getting up in the morning and, and working with the horses when you're going so well. Yeah, I just want to make a point too with Star of O'Reilly and, and a shout out to Kerrod Power and the Hands and Hills team. Uh, he's doing doing a fantastic job getting people into racing, um, whether they're taking 5%, whether they're taking 20%, 10%. Uh, these people are new to racing. They're coming, they're having a beer, they're having a feed, they're having a bet, and, and they're loving every minute of, uh, a minute of it. And I know winning helps that, but um, getting new people, getting the interest there, and, and having a, a finalist not only in the Magic Millions uh, earlier this year, but backing it up with a Battle of the Bush uh, qualifier. We certainly wish all those owners uh, all the best Saturday. In fact, all the owners of all the horses but uh, a particular shout-out to Carrot and the Hands and Heels team. Good on you, Watsy. Thanks for joining us this morning and looking back at what happened there with the McKinley Cup program on the weekend, but also your thoughts on the Battle of the Bush final coming up on Saturday. Going to be a great race again. 
Certainly will. Thanks, thanks, boys. Andrew Watts there having a look at uh, the uh, Battle of the Bush and McKinley. Rob, we're running out of time this morning, but we need to get through a couple of these other mm. race programs that did happen on the weekend. Uh, we had the uh, latest leg of the Bernard de Beach series in the Gympie RSL Cup of the Sandy Gympie on Saturday. The up-and-coming Stayers series was in the north at Atherton. They also raced in the north at Bowen. Yeah, he certainly did, and I'll uh, I'll pretend I'm in a thousand metre race and scoot home with these, um, <laughs> Tony, this morning. <laughs> but the Battle of the Bush is the exciting time to look forward to. You mentioned the Burn at the Beach, that benchmark six fifty five. Saint Pierre, Gold Coast trained Angela Plum, the Pierre, having his first round the track, which is a feat in itself. At Gimpy defeated My Certain for Bob Murray and Walkinshaw, so Saint Pierre adds that dimension to its uh, its career now. Other winners on the day: Matthew Powell rode just for fancy to. A win for John Johnson. Cheryl Rogers uh, rode for Mark Patterson with Aratula, the Snippetson, taking the Class 1. A new alliance, a good sprinter that uh, would have been aiming Battle of the Bush and has done in previous years for Rod Hilton, Bo uh, Paul Hamlin. Three from three at the track now. Defeated Sherwood Prince and uh, Viceman. Lord Rivers for James Wanless and uh, Kelly Gates, this ex-Trevor Rowe horse, uh, defeated Clairview Jet and uh, Miss Bontastic. And the benchmark 55 taken out by Nicholas Adam over Spurious and Nine Cigars. Up there in Atherton, where again uh, was the uh, Rob Koch Memorial up-and-comer stayers. And that was taken by Super Rose. Maria Petiris and James Baker defeated Love's Fly, Love Flies and Gaelic. And Tony, where does that sit now with that table? The uh, table at the moment, uh, Love Flies gets a point. Uh, hang on, I'm looking at which sheet here. Love Flies uh, picks up a couple of points there. Super Rose now adding uh, eight points, but Love Flies picking up those two goes to nine. We've got Craigley Simo eight points, Super Rose on eight points, and then after that, a bit of a space back, but still two legs to come, Oak Park and Cairns in July. Uh, for the trainers, at this stage, uh, uh, Kristen Allender goes up to nine points. Ma Maria Petiris and Trevor Rose sitting on eight apiece. And as far as the jockeys, uh, Pietro Romeo goes to eight points ahead of James Baker on seven and then back to L Lacey Morrison sitting on five points. And while I'm checking the keeper of the points series, the Bernard de Beach series after ten rounds and just one to come coming up on uh, Saturday week at Nanango, with ten rounds down. And Kim Afford uh, has been displaced at the top of the trainer's tally by Bob Murray. Bob picked up an amazing 18 points out of that at Gympie on the weekend, Robin. We'll have a, a bit more of a look at that shortly. But, yeah, Bob has gone to 67 points ahead of Kim sitting on 60. And it's a racing two because after that, your Dave Reynolds on 26. Uh, Jockey's tally has uh, Kelly Gates sitting on 41 ahead of Shannon Stephan uh, on, uh, on 30. And uh, then Hannah Richardson on 24. And uh, at the horses tally sees Modern Family on 35, Our Last Penny 29 and My Certain on 25. And you mentioned Craigley Simo. Our thoughts to the Rose Stable. I believe uh, they lost Craigley Simo uh, mm. after the races, Tony. So he'd been a grand old performer. Um, the other results coming through up there. Rachel Shred kicked home a massa red for Janelle Ryan in the Class B. The musical girl took the cutest money for Matty Taylor. Uh, Amanda Thompson, a sidestep four-year-old, took the cutest Class 1. Promise Bay, Daryl Paradise, training on the track with uh, Frank Edwards in the uh, saddle there, defeated Matthew James just uh, defeated the Peter Rowe Galloper and Redenzo Roman. Fluttering for Charlie Hoffman and Isabel Tay over Lord of Light and uh, Hanita wrapped up the program there. And, of course, down at Bowen, well, I continue to say, look at these stables going into the Battle of the Bush in form. Georgie Holt, 
Um, and good luck with Hit Snooze going into the final. I'm sure it'll be there, it's certainly with some pace on. And Georgie had a, uh, a double, a race-to-race double, uh, with husband Aidan on Bold Kingston, two from two since joining the stable, and both with Aidan in the saddle. Uh, doubt she'll be able to get him out of the saddle after that over Battle and Bold Zip. Nora uh, for Kelsey Lenton, now down to three kilo claimer, defeated Chompers and Tick Tock, Tick Tock. And the other winners on the day, uh, Denisha Smith riding for Chris Attard with Bondi Bow took the benchmark. 65, Supreme Prince for Bonnie Thompson and Greg Hitmock. Great form, two wins and three placings its last four and one here at its last run. And the cutest money went to Yabulu Princess Terry, Princess Terry McGovern or Wanderson de Villa. And good luck, Wanderson on Alla Beach in the final on your skates um, who be that now into third and I must mention out of Rockhampton Tony uh, the good result there for owner Clary Herman uh, which I will just quickly find uh, he had two winners on the day he had one at McKinlay there that uh, Andrew Watts mentioned he had Villa Tinto Nick Walsh for Ryan Wiggins and Dark Archer Talia Fenlon Talia Fenlon riding for Nick Watch. Walsh in a race-to-race race, uh, double there. So congratulations, Clary, for those wins. But all interest now going to the Battle of the Bush. And just very quickly to wrap me up, Tony, the the jockeys uh, premiership battling away till the end of July, isn't it? End of July. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick McMahon, 45. Dan Ballard, 38. Todd Austin now with a lead of two over Tanya Parry, 49 over 47. And, Tony, have you got any early tip for the Battle of the Bush uh, before we wind up? Oh, I'm caught between VJ Day and Star of O'Reilly. I know it seems the obvious, but they've both been so impressive from what we've seen so far. Don't rule Awanichi out, uh, certainly tried and tested. Yep. Um, and I think that's going to be a bit of the difference too because uh, sometimes they're you know, a little bit untested when it comes to uh, the trip to town and the grass track and things like that. Raymond Williams had plenty of experience with that and as has jockey Paul Hamlin. Exactly. You could almost go in race book order, but I get wary when I start picking favourites. So let's hope Star of O'Reilly goes out in the market <laughs> to give me a chance here. Uh, but I know it's been a big show this morning, Tony, but uh, any great stories coming out of country racing, email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au and we'll be back with you uh, next week and uh, Alpha this week for me and quite a few other race meetings on as well. Yeah, as we go, uh, the uh, the calendar this week following on from the tab programs today at Bow Desert, Mackay Thursday and Rockhampton on Friday where it's Tattersall Sprint Day. Saturday, along with the uh, 2022 Tab Battle of the Bush Final at Eagle Farm. It's Gatton Cup Day for the Lockyer Valley Turf Club. Rugby and Races Race Day for the Roma Turf Club at Bassett Park. As you've mentioned, Rob, it's uh, Alpha Cup Day coming up on Saturday. Also racing at uh, Gladstone and Mount Isa. Laura Amateurs are on, the Laura Cup, and Nanango. It's this Saturday, not Saturday week, for that last leg of the Burn at the Beach series. And then Rockhampton's Tats uh, Carnival continues with the Tattersall's Gold Cup with their TAP program on Sunday. So we've got another hectic week on the way and also mentioning Warwick Turf Club. Weren't able to race last Saturday, uh, but there's a replacement meeting non-tabber that's been scheduled for this coming Sunday, June 26. Oh, great to see that replacement. And uh, we'll be back again next week, 10.30, for um, Bush Beat and a, a review of the Battle of the Bush. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Good on you, Rob. Thank you for that. Thank you to uh, Andrew Watts, Brett Moody and Rob Luck for joining us on Bush Beat this week. We look forward to catching up with all of the country crew in town on Saturday at Eagle Farm for the 2022 Tab Battle of the Bush final. And once again, wonderful to be able to announce this morning Brett Moody as our guest caller. That's Bush Beat for this week, and we'll catch you back next week on Radio Tab.